Okay, hello and welcome back everyone. This is Venture Voga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexo coming to you with another This Legal Life. I am sitting down today with Tahisha Fugate. Tahisha, how are you? What's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ben. How are you? I am uh, very honored to be a guest. So thank you yeah, for the invite. Yeah, it's amazing to sit down with you again. You were on the uh, the LMA, of course, um, the wrap up, and that was a whole lot of fun to sort of sit down and get your perspective on LMA. Today, we got you back for a really, really interesting topic. We were talking a little bit off camera about the importance of advocates, advocacy and advocating for yourself. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to talk about this, but before, sorry, we when I say the word advocacy, what's like the first thing that sort of pops into your mind? Why is it? I feel like it's so relevant today in like 2023. It is. Um, so the first thing that comes up for me is um, intentionality, yeah. um, because it is really something that you know you have to be aware of when you need to do it. Um, because sometimes we shrink ourselves so much that we lose our awareness of, you know, when, you know, we really need to, you know, make our voices yeah, heard. Totally. Okay. So we're going to get into this. We got some topics that we want to go to. Tell us a little bit about you. For those who don't know you, you've had a very long career in legal. You've been at Paul Hastings, lots of really great organizations, big, small, not that small, but, you know, you've a lot of different shapes. You've been around the block. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background. I have. I, I've been doing this a very, very long time and had the uh, the fortune of working with some really good firms. Uh, right now, I'm a senior marketing and business development manager for uh, Axon, Veltroop, and Harkrider. Um, and it is a mid-sized firm, and I'm based in the firm's uh, D.C. office. So I've been with them about nine months. So it's a, it's a fairly new role, um, but I have done, you know, various things um, in my marketing and business development career, just, you know, in all of the firms that I've been lucky enough to support. Um, so right now I'm supporting the firm's antitrust practice, um, which is, you know, it's new to be able to get so immersed in a practice because I've worked at like these large firms where I've had, you know, sometimes four or five practices that I've been responsible for. Um, so being able to be in position to be a subject matter expert um, is something that's pretty yeah. exciting for me right now. You know, whenever I think about you, you know, um, we're only getting to know each other, but, you know, I, I, I've, from what I've seen from the outside, you know, advocacy really runs through a lot of the things that you think about. I know um, you've had a deep commitment to LMA. If you want to say more about that, you've been with the LMA. And I know you have a background in D, E, and I as well, and that's sort of core part of it. You know, I think... You want to say a little bit, you know, all of those things have strong advocacy sort of like components. So I'm, I'm so happy to be talking to you about this topic. We're going to get into it. But yeah, like, what do you do you see that as a cross advocacy is kind of central to all of the communities that you sort of play in, and, and um, uh, well, yeah, do you, see, do you see advocacy is essential to all of that? Yeah, for sure. So within LMA right now, I am uh, I sit on the international board of directors for LMA, and I also serve as co-chair of the uh, DEI um, SIG. Uh, and so, you know, with both of those roles, I find 
it, you know, my responsibility as a person who has been in this industry for so long um, to really avail myself to helping to advance the next generation of legal marketers. Um, we're also, you know, in an industry where our roles, you know, while we are supporting the growth and revenue of, of firms, our roles are, you know, seen as administrative. Um, and many of them are, you know, back office roles. And so, you know, we have to do a lot to build credibility and trust um, with the lawyers. And that requires you advocating for yourself and for your team, um, advocating for our functions um, and really the sophistication of the marketing and business development roles and, and what, you know, we bring to yeah, the table. Absolutely. I, I'm, this is a podcast, so you can't see, but, you know, I'm shaking my head because, like, it's so true. You know, the, the, that last LMA, you know, believing and advocating for the fact that, you know, as core revenue drivers and as core business leaders, marketing and business development really have a seat at the table. And I think that's just, but it takes, it takes, let's be real, you know, it takes, it's hard to sort of advocate for yourself. It's hard to sort of like step up. Um, and maybe, and maybe that's, that's a good segue into kind of like the first thing that we wanted to sort of talk about, which is overcoming fear, developing confidence, even allowing yourself to even have an opinion. These sorts of things can be very, very difficult when, I love your phrase, you know, you've shrunken yourself down or you've boxed yourself into, into something specific. You want to say a little bit about yeah. how the role of fear, of gaining confidence, allowing yourself to have a voice outside of the narrow little constraints that maybe your role or even worse that somebody has put you in within a role. You know, what do you, what do you have to say about that? I mean, it, I, I feel like the first step is always the hardest, you know, in that way. Oh my goodness. How, like, how do we begin to unpack I know, that? I know. You know, um, so, you know, we, we work in, if we're, you know, talking specifically to the, the legal environment, you know, we work in an environment where we have been conditioned to, I'm just going to say it, like fear the attorneys, right? You know, even though they're just some amazing attorneys, they're so nice and so personable. That's just how we've been trained. They say jump, we say how high, right? And, and also, I think that that is part of, you know, just working in the professional services industry. We are a service-oriented industry. So it is our jobs to service our clients in you know, the best way possible. And you know the, the good thing about legal marketing is that we just have some really good, just people who are empathetic and like understand like what it means to be a service provider. Um, but, you know, again, that's what it is, right? So we we look up, you know, just in terms of like hierarchy in a firm, you know, it's like the attorneys are way at the top and, you know, we're like somewhere, you know, down below behind the curtains. Um, and so that can make you, you know, a bit nervous in interacting, right? It makes us, even amongst our teams, it may be some, you know, junior team members who may be a bit nervous about interacting with the CMO because it, you know, the, the lines of separation seem so far. Um, and so it can really, you know, back to what you said earlier and, and referencing my point of kind of shrinking yourself, you don't know. And building good judgment takes time, right? So we have to be... Um, we have to get, allow ourselves grace. You're going to make mistakes. Um, and, you know, I'm, you know, so many years in now, but I can remember, 
you know, working at a law firm for the very first time right out of college. I mean, I've, you know, worked in an office environment before, but it's, it's a very different environment and it can be very intimidating. And so having good leadership in that is so important to really encourage you and give you opportunities to stretch yourself. Um, and having your back, because again, you're going to make mistakes. (laughs) So knowing that at least within your department, there's someone there that has your back, um, really, you know, will help you to, to gain confidence and encourage you to, to put yourself out there a little more. I want to ask you, you know, I totally understand what you're saying and, um, it resonates really deeply and, I want to ask about maybe the importance of, of, of allowing yourself to ask questions. I mean, I think that sometimes just allowing yourself to ask a question. Let's say you are a marketing, marketing operations manager. You know, you're 24, 25, 26 years old, new in the role. And you have some communication with sort of like the CMO. I mean... You know, I can put mm-hmm. myself in that in that person's shoes, and they might think I can't even ask a question to the CMO about is this right, is this wrong? I'm expected to sort of know because I've been given this role, and I just sort of sometimes mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're now in leadership positions where you know the idea really is no, no, no. Like the best thing that you can do is ask clarifying questions, and I sort of almost think like maybe mm-hmm. sometimes if we could make this tactical a good first step to overcoming fear would just be, and of course, you, top-down leaders out there who are listening to this, you know, socializing that there's no stupid stupid question. You know, I hate that term because there's like a weird thing built into that and nobody even believes that, but you know, or more like all questions, all, the best thing you can ask is questions, you know, effectively. But even then, you know, mm-hmm. it almost feels like if you're that junior person, like you can you can at least say, I have a question I do not understand, or I have a question I would like to, yeah. I would like to get your, your understanding. It seems like that sometimes is people can find that within themselves, even to just ask questions if, you know, so far you're not in school anymore, you know, I mean, that's like the, that's the thing, but that's even where we're even coming from in that, in that venue, especially if you're straight out of school two, three, four, five years ago. Uh, you're just straight out of college. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to raise my hand in a large class of 30 people and look and look stupid. But I don't know. What do you think? You, you, you sort of, you feel what I'm sort of saying in terms of just even overcoming fear might just be, just ask the question. Just just raise your hand, you know, pull somebody aside and DM, just, just hit them in chat or something. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. As you were talking, like I yes. felt my level of anxiety raise up because I have yeah. been there, right? Like plenty of times, like there are times now where I'm yeah. there, right? I, I have to send something, especially like, I don't know, internal emails, you know, broadcast emails, like just make me nervous. Right? Like, Cause you don't, don't dare like, you know, make a mistake, you know, grammar's wrong. Yeah. But I mean, we're just in an environment where you're expected to be perfect. And that in and of itself is one, not realistic, but two, it just contributes to like this, the, the dread of like just ripping the bandaid off yeah. and doing it. Um, but I will say having like an internal yeah, champion, right. a champion, a mentor that you could say, Hey, I need to send yeah. this email. Can you check the tone? 
Can you, you know, make sure I don't have any typos, like give it some fresh eyes or, you know, being able to, you know, hit someone up on, you know, Slack channel, you know, whatever it is that we're using and just say, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to go into this meeting. Here are my talking points. You know, is there anything that I'm missing? You know, kind of can we role play? I actually just had a conversation with someone um, this morning about, you know, just kind of role playing different scenarios, especially if you're in a situation where you have to give a presentation or you're like you say, your point of view and you're like, OK, I'm really not sure how my delivery should be. Um, so I would yeah. say the very first thing I can think of is like having yeah, a champion. Yeah, it's, it's really about like overcoming fear is, is almost sometimes about being vulnerable with somebody and knowing that, that, that nobody, to. nobody, nothing happens, you know? And like that, just, mm -hmm. just that, just that situation happening. Oh, I literally laid it out yeah. and nothing really happened to me. That can at least help you get step one over the fear in terms of this long train of trying to advocate for yourself. Okay, so let's assume yeah, that that's yeah. the case. Yeah, and, and LMA, yes, I right. mean, exactly, before we go exactly. to the next point, yeah. I feel like LMA is 100%. great for that. Like yeah. this is, I mean, I haven't been in many other industries, but I will say like people yeah. are so open to like, just sharing and like listening. And I mean, we like share stuff all the time, which, you know, no one has like pride of yeah. ownership. They're like, oh, like you don't know how to do this thing. Like, let me like walk yeah, you yeah. through it. So, um, you know, just, just finding, you know, your, your champions internally, yeah. but also just like utilizing your network because we have all yeah. been there, right? Like you are, totally. you're not the first person, you know. No, you're never the first person. Everybody, we, we're more similar in our mistakes than we are in the things that we've accomplished in a, in a weird way, you know. Indeed. Um, Indeed. And it gives you a totally, sense of comfort, totally. right? Like this person who I may be looking yes, up right. to, who, right, right, you know, right. maybe like doing all these like great things externally in the market, like yeah. they've made some of these totally. mistakes, right? And they can like guide totally. me through it. Okay, let's get to like, um, let's go to building confidence, you know, because, okay, maybe step one is overcoming your own fear, you know, and that can really be alleviated mm -hmm. with the idea of um, allowing yourself to ask questions, giving yourself that permission. The second is having a mentor, somebody who can, who can bounce off in a, in a low, um, in a low, low risk environment. I guess I'm doing air quotes here. What about building yeah, confidence? Yeah. Cause I feel like sometimes that's a mindset shift, you know, that goes into, I have a point of view that's valuable. Mm -hmm. And to me, mm -hmm. you know, I'm now mm -hmm. 39 years old. I'm in an executive position, da da da, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, in that capacity, what I really, what I felt I really always had to learn is we all just have a piece of the puzzle. Everybody, the, the puzzle is very complex and some have people larger pieces, but everybody, nobody has the entire puzzle, right? Everybody has a little piece That's and right. everybody has a perspective and it's incredible. Things are so complex today that it is, it is, even if you, you if you deeply believe that, you can say, I have a perspective on just this one little part of, of something. And it's helpful because nobody can have the entire perspective. Nobody can have the answer and nobody has the entire puzzle. So yeah, what do you say about that? That's what I've been able to internalize. That's what's been resonant to me. But building confidence is, wow. Like, what do you, what do you say about that? You know, like, how do you do that? <laughs> I love what you said about mindset. Yes, yeah. Um, because that is so important in like recognizing that like 
failure isn't right. the end, right? Like it's like our, our stepping yes, right. stone. And so we got to embrace those challenges as opportunities for growth and just being like, you know, I'm going to learn and I'm going to improve, right? Every single time I'm going to learn and I'm going to improve. Um, and so I think approaching it in that way is very helpful because you are in turn training your mind to feel like you're developing your own yeah. success because it like our success is our responsibility. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I love the I finger snaps. So that we're we're, we're yeah, audio, but it's it's the two snaps. The snaps I love it. Okay, we could go so much deeper into that. How have you, could you get, could you get a little more, like how have you started to develop confidence? Has it been a function of reminding yourself, this is like my wife, my wife reminds herself of her wins, you know, and it's, this is, yeah. she has a board of this and she sees this every single day and this is what resonates for her. For me, it's like the idea of just reminding that things are so complex that every perspective matters. It really sort of helps everybody sort of see more. How have you sort of like mm -hmm. given this idea of confidence? What do you, what do you, what do you do? Um, so I read something, I have like these little, I don't know, inspirational cards. Right. And so one of them, I remember it said something like each day teaches the next. Um, and so I keep that in mind, like every single day is like teaching me, right. Every single day is teaching me. And so I'm growing and I like, that your wife, um, you know, really kind of like tracks her wins because I do that as well. And sometimes even when I make a mistake, I'm like, well, to the point that we were talking about earlier, the luxury of this is that I don't work in an emergency yeah. room. I don't want to make too many mistakes, right. but I'm still yeah. here, right? I'm still here. I'm still able to do this another day. Um, I haven't made so many mistakes that I can't overcome. And guess what? I have, you know, to this point, outlived all of yeah. my yeah. bad days, I know. <laughs> you know, um, so that gives me confidence yeah. as well. Um, and, you know, finding opportunities to step outside of my comfort zone, which is like super scary yeah. and something that I am constantly working on. But the more I do it, the more comfortable I feel. And I can say, you know, Three years ago, I may have been on this podcast and you may have heard a little more like angst in my voice and <clears throat> and nervousness. But because like someone gave me an opportunity to, you know, try some podcasts and, you know, get comfortable and like keep raising my hand, I've gotten a lot better at it. Not to say that I'm not still nervous, but I can see my progress. And so that keeps me going as well. So, you know, while I'm not like officially like tracking things, you know, on paper, sometimes I do, but most times I'm, I just have to remember, like you, you've done this before, you got this, right? So um, being conscious of the messages that I tell myself, because sometimes we can like talk ourselves back into our hole, oh you know? I know. That's self-talk. That self That's for real. It's real. Don't worry mm -hmm. for everybody who has that, you know, I mean, everybody has self-talk in some weird way. It's like kind of like the human condition, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's our, it's our nature, you know, it's, you have to, it, it goes back and, you know, you just have to, you have to counterbalance that, you know, it's never going to go away, but you gotta, yeah. you gotta do the work to basically be able to counterbalance that with, with a bigger perspective sometimes. And, you know, I, I, it, this yeah. stuff works. 
talking about your community yes, is totally, important totally, too, right? 100%. Like so surrounding yourself with people yeah. that are like going to pour into and like talk yeah, you right, back right, off right, the right, ledge right. and like remind you when you're so far in your head, remind you that you've done this before, you've done something similar, you know, this is not as hard, you know, just having someone again to yeah. just like be your champion when you can't find right. those positive thoughts to like get you going. Talking about communication, I think one of the other big things is actually how to communicate and effective communication whenever you are advocating for yourself and advocating for your position. You know, there are strategies. I'm, we're just going to be going to be real. You know, we're, right now we were talking before we jumped into the thing, you know, we were um, just this last pillar. We were talking about, hey, use whatever you need to to get yourself out of your own head and give yourself some confidence cards track your wins have a mentor check in with a community member etc etc you know what it is there's also strategies for communicating effectively and let's be real you know great communication goes a very very long way you know my personal thing is i love telling stories and anecdotes you know i love talking and so i am more whenever i'm advocating a position i am more confident whenever i use something like a storytelling framework whenever I have a little bit of data, whenever I have an anecdote, whenever I have somebody else's perspective that's sort of championing this. You wanna say anything about what you've learned over the years of sort of advocating in an effective way, be it to management, other stakeholders, to, you know, down down to people maybe who report to you? Yeah, what do you, what do you think about the effective communication strategy around advocacy? Yeah, uh, I would say first and foremost, like, take the emotion out of it right. um, because that, that in itself can kind of send us, send us on a spiral. So take, take the emotion out of it, focus on the facts, focus on the data. Um, also read the room, read your audience. Um, and this comes with yeah. practice and time, right? So, um, you know, you have to be nimble in adjusting your communication style you know, based on who your audience is, right? You know, your communication to your CMO may be different from your communication to the practice chair. That may be different from the communication with, you know, the firm's general counsel. Like it may be different from, you know, your communication to an LMA board, you know, president. Like, so you have to like make these adjustments and, and that comes from um, a lot of listening to um, when you're in the room, you know, paying attention to how those folks communicate yeah. and how, you know, they like to receive communication um, and being able to adjust your yeah. style. Um, but staying, you know, staying true to exactly. who you are and your message, yeah. but, you know, definitely adjusting so that people can receive it. Because sometimes it's not what you say, it's literally your I delivery. Know. And I so, know. you know, you mentioned using a few different things like, you know, stories and anecdotes and yeah. jokes and, you know, what, whatever it is that's going to help your yeah. message to be received. Um, you need to pull those tools out yeah. of the kit. You know, what do you think about the idea of, you know, making, making an effort to meet people? Let's say your stakeholders, you know, you have you have a handful of people that you're always sort of communicating with your direct reports and meet the person above the people who are practice management leaders. Let's make this about a, a law firm context, other practice group leaders and other um, and other department leaders. You know, I just what yeah. I have learned 
you know, oh man, you know, as a young, as a young man, you know, I was trained that like the facts will speak for themselves. And then I went to law school and it was all about that, you know, and I'll never forget this, you know, a senior, I was a litigator whenever I was practicing law and it says, yes, the facts matter, of course, but how the facts come out matters even more. And do you understand who you are speaking to matters the most? And, you know, in a trial case, of course, you can't take out the jury to like dinner and get to know them. But thankfully, most of us aren't in jury trials. Most of us are actually just in business. Thankfully, Thankfully. most of us are just in business environments (laughs) where we have the opportunity to actually get to know the people who we're trying to communicate on on a day to day basis with and just see what do you like? What do you you can ask ask them explicitly? How do you like to get feedback? How do you like to be told things? How do you like? But even then, you know, the human beings are so, so relational, you know, you you can even just sitting down with somebody for two hours, you could get to know them and sort of see what their vibe is. What do you think about that as kind of like, I don't want to call it a tactic, but just something smart to do whenever it comes to communicating with people, just getting to know people outside of what you're trying to tell them effectively. Absolutely. You have to. I mean, we we tell our attorneys to do this all the time, right? Like we read that companies hire the lawyers that they like genuinely like, right? And so it's the same way, you know, on the marketing and business development side, your lawyers are more, I mean, some of them, like they got to work with you because they got to work with you, right? You got to get stuff done. But, you know, there are lawyers where you have built relationships with that could be a little more empathetic when you're like, hey, you know, you mind if like we meet on Monday because I have this like pitch that I'm working on at 3 p.m. on a Friday and like I'm just completely swamped. But that comes from spending time with them. And I know, you know, this kind of return to office thing has us like, you know, all up in arms. And, you know, luckily we have more than one way to get FaceTime with people, but you have to be intentional right right? like i feel like i I use that word a lot but you do like you have to put it on the calendar um and you know whether it's like a early morning you know coffee chat or whatever and like starting it not just like going in business you know all day all the time but you know getting to know them personally right and that can be uncomfortable because it takes a while to build up to that because we all come in with like our guards Right. Um, You know, if getting involved in the firm culture, too. Right. So attending some of those social events, if you have an opportunity to attend the partners meetings or, you know, retreats or, you know, social events, I think that that is so important because people get to see you in a different context. You have different conversations. And so when you go back and you're talking business, it's it's a little lighter, right? Um, for for both parties. Uh, so you know, this week uh, my CMO and I had a dinner with the the chair of the practice that I support, and it was nice. I mean, we we talked some business, but I also got to know him a little better. I'm new to the firm, um, and and she's new to the firm, so. You know, it was nice to like have a conversation about, you know, where where'd you grow up and, you know, what what was your childhood like? And, you know, just those sorts of things that we don't necessarily, you know, you don't go in meeting someone, a lawyer for the first time as a marketer and be like, so tell me about your life and how'd you grow up? And, you know, we're more, you know, so asking questions about like the practice and goals and, 
you know, stuff like that. So it was just nice that like it was the end of the day, everyone was relaxed and we could just like have a, you know, a conversation like human beings. (laughs) I'm reading this book right now. It's called um, On Relationships, you know, and it's and it's inspired by this old this old uh, philosopher from from Germany. His name's Martin Buber. And he was like around the turn of the century. But, you know, he had a whole philosophy about relationships. And he says at any point. And the book just is so beautiful. I want to shout out to um, uh, shout out to Alex. Maybe we'll put it in the notes. Uh, he's a friend of mine, Alex uh, Karaspi. He wrote this book inspired by this dude, uh, this old philosopher. Anyway, the point of it is you can always basically show up to people and say, there's me and then there's you. He used the words like I, it, you know, there's like there's like me and then there's you. And he says, but there's another way, you know, and sometimes that's fine. That's You need to get business done and you guys need to, you have both agendas and that's mm-hmm. okay. And uh, we're arguing a contract and let's see where we land or you need this. I need this. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. It's, it's, it's not a problem, you know, but there's also another way, which is there is us, there's we together. And he uses the word I, mm-hmm. thou, and thou, you know, thou is like an old world. That sort of means like thou, like you are. And, you know, in a way, it's just saying you are me, I am you, because together we are a, we are a we. And that's always like really deeply resonated. And I think, you know, in the best relationships that we have in our life, you know, the, the lines between who you are and who I who you are and who I am, it sort of blends, you know, I mean, in your deepest, deepest partnerships, mm-hmm. of course, that's that's sort of how you show up. But I think we think of business relationships and even in the day to day, everything is just, I have my agenda, you have your agenda and da, 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 da. And there is, that's fine. You can have that, but you can also have, how are we also coming together before or after and really recognizing that there's also us, there's also a we thing happening here. And quite frankly, it's the most amazing thing. The fact that two people can even, come together like that it's uh, in a weird way a very small m miracle that that even happens because that doesn't that doesn't explicitly happen and let's say i don't know uh, i don't know it's 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 incredible everybody you you know what i'm sort of like talking about and recognizing that i sometimes feel like it's just really incredible to just point that out and be intentional and be like okay yes we both have our perspectives on things but we also share we're also sharing something yeah, I don't know. Does that resonate with you, sort of this concept? Yeah. You know, and just pointing, yeah. pointing striking, to this. Striking the right yeah. balance, right? Striking the right balance. I love how you mentioned partnership. We often don't think of ourselves sometimes in the workplace as partners like across the board, right? We may think of ourselves as like partners within our department, but like we're all like, we all have the same yeah. objective, right? We all have like a small piece of the puzzle, but we all pretty much have the same objective and we're yeah. partners, you know, at the end of, at the end of the day. So um, I really, you know, can appreciate like striking that balance and look also understanding that you're just not going to jail with everyone. Yeah. That's true. Right. Like, like, Thank let's you. be clear. Yes, it's you're, just, right. you're just, you're not going to jail with everyone. And so being um, mindful of that, not letting it intimidate yeah. you, <clears throat> but also just finding a way to just have a um, a mutually respectful yeah. relationship. That's okay too. You're not going to be buddies yeah. with everyone. Everyone's not going to want to go yeah. to lunch with you or like, you know, spend seven o'clock on a Thursday with you versus their family. Like it's just, that's just not going to happen. 
all the time before, you know, in the situations where that does happen and, and you're building that community, like hold on to that and take some of those best practices and continue to weave them into other relationships. And, you know, sometimes they mend and sometimes yeah. they don't, but, and that's yeah. okay. That that's okay. You're going to have different types of relationships across your organization. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. No, totally. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. And, um, and that's also just like a comforting thing to kind of have that perspective and just sort of sit there and be like, you know, I have different types of relationships with different types of people. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, um, for sake of time, I just saw we're already at 32, 32 minutes. You've been so graceful with it. Are we really already? I know. Wow. Whenever, you know, let's just keep on going. Okay. So we, um, the last thing I think is about, this is a good one. It's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes and how empathy, man, empathy, empathy has had, uh, mm. uh last five years, it has had a roadshow of success. Wow. The word empathy has just come back. And I mean, with, with good, with good reason, I think empathy is really sort of coming up very high. You know, whenever, whenever you yeah. think about empathy, how does empathy sort of show up in your life? How does, and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to say something back to empathy about empathy that you know gets me always thinking the other side of empathy a little bit but what do you think about empathy where do you where do you where does empathy fall especially whenever it comes to advocating yourself and putting yourself in the other person's shoes whenever you're coming to something yeah what do you think yeah uh wow that that's a really good question um understanding that like we are all human beings like everything that's going on in the world, it's affecting us yeah. all in yeah. some way. <clears throat> Even if it's not every single thing, say that there are like 10 things going on in the world, all 10 may be affecting me, six may be affecting yeah. you, but like we are all affected and we bring so much with us. We're carrying so much with us from a day on a day to day basis, like so much. You're working with colleagues and I wrote a LinkedIn post about this, maybe like a year or so ago when there was like a diaper shortage. And I was thinking to myself, like at the time I had, I think at least like two colleagues with like newborn babies. And we were just, I mean, cranking it out busy, right? Like everyone was just swamped. And I'm like, oh my goodness, these parents are showing up to work and they don't even know if they're going to be able to buy formula and diapers for their babies. You know, like people don't we're returning to the office and there are some people who like can't afford gas because like the gas is so expensive or there are some people who are like going through things at home like with their spouses and you know kids or or, you know parents or you know taking care of like loved ones with COVID. i mean you have to like consider like the strongest people have been going through it. Right. And I think it, what does it say? Check on your strong friends. Like that is so true. And I keep that in mind because we are carrying a a lot, a lot and still trying to like show up and thrive and, you know, get to like the next thing. There are some people that are like still in like the hustle and bustle. And I can respect that, right? No matter where I am. So being able to respect that allows me to like empathize if that's where they are in their journey to your point, meeting yeah. people where they are. Um, but yeah, so long answer. I know. <laughs> you know, I want to I wanna ask your opinion because there's this whole... 
there's this whole thing, you know, that like, how do you strike the right balance between being deeply empathetic and not falling down this sort of like empathy sort of thing where you're just almost crippled because you, you, you almost, you know, it's like you want to accept the entire whole person. And at the same time, you also, let's say you're advocating for yourself and advocating your, your position, you know, I mean, I know that sometimes I can get, I'm like, maybe <laughs> it's like, I can't even say this because who know I don't know anything about this person. I don't know where they've come from. I don't know what they're going through. It's so hard for me sometimes even for all of us, you know, to be so direct with somebody, especially in terms of, let's say giving yeah. feedback, you know what I'm talking about, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of leaders struggle with this, you know, and I, and I'm really interested in, in dissecting this idea which is how do you strike the right balance between being empathetic but also at the same time giving people the feedback and also just driving sort of moving things forward there's no right or wrong answer you know obviously this is just the wisdom but it's it can be difficult the more empathetic that you are sometimes the difficult the more difficult it can be to 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 move forward and get things done um you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah, uh, it is not easy, my no. friend. <laughs> it is hard. But, you know, as you were talking, I just, you know, kept hearing boundaries. Sure. Boundaries. Like you've got to create boundaries, especially for, you know, if you're a leader of a team. And, you know, at the end of the day, like no matter what, we got business to yeah. take care of, right? So like going back to like striking the right balance of like, okay, well, friendly candor with like trying to like get work done. Um, same way with feedback. And I think, you know, ultimately like building respect. Um, I think once you do that, it makes it easier to, you know, provide feedback and striking that balance of still being empathetic because people understand that you don't have any yeah. ill intent and you want to help them grow and develop. And sometimes you have to have uncomfortable conversations. I have, you know, had to do it with team members and, and I want to think that ultimately, you know, they, you know, respected the feedback and, and took it to heart because I'm, I always lead with like, I want to help yeah. you grow. I want to help you develop. I am your partner in your career, you know? Um, and so if there's anything that I can do to show up, for you, which is going to be giving feedback, um, you know, I'm going to have to do that. Right. And, and I'm still going to respect that you have life yeah. things going on and, you know, ask, how can I support you? But we got to get yeah. things done. I know. You know? No, it's such a good answer. You know, and I and within the boundary thing, that's for sure, like 100 within that boundary thing. It's like. For both parties, you know. It's like, just assume the best intent for most people. Most people are truly Absolutely. trying to help. Like, there's so few terrible people in the world. I mean, unfortunately, there are terrible people and really bad people in the world. They're true. But most of the time, most people are mm -hmm. trying to help in the best way that they can. And, you know, they're doing the best mm -hmm. to sort of strike the balance. And I'm just, that's even just a good way for you to live your life, you know, in, the, in, that, in that sense. And it yeah. just allows you to be more open and show up in sort of the right way. But you know, just assume that the person's trying to be as empathetic as they can to the situation and they just don't know, you know, they just, they can't read your mind. They don't know. They, you need to tell them, I mean, and maybe it all comes back to, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. 
just communicate, you know, does communication solve how many things, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. See. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, again, back to yeah. community, right? Like even in our workplaces, like you have to get yourself in an, in, an environment where you know, you can assume good yeah, intent. That was true. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and sometimes, you know, that that's a bit of, of trial and error, but like just knowing what works for you in terms of like what is going to help you yeah. thrive, yeah. you know, mentally um and in a particular environment is so important. And that comes that just comes from, you know, the wisdom of life and experience and you know, being on, you know, different teams and working with different types of people that hopefully you get to a point in your career where you get to, you know, choose your team and choose the people that, you know, you want to spend so much of your working, waking hours with, right? Absolutely. People that you can trust. That's the dream. That's really, that's the dream. What do you want to end with? Feel like what resonated with you? What do you feel like takeaways? Yeah. Um, so takeaways from this, this was a great conversation. Thank you. Um, takeaways, community, yeah. partnership, um, showing up for yourself. Like it is like your responsibility. I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, I was at a firm and, um, I just, I got like so burnt yeah. out, right. I was just like burnt out. I didn't know what to do. And I was not advocating for myself. I was like, people should see me drowning and like come and like rescue me, right? That was my mentality. And um, I submitted my resignation letter and I didn't even have another job. I was yeah. just like, I, you know, I just can't do it anymore. And so I had the CMO at the time, you know, basically pull me to the side and basically she was like, you have not because you asked yeah. not, right? Like you, you haven't said anything to us, right? Like you've just been drowning no one knew. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, it is my responsibility. It is my responsibility to speak up, to raise my hand, to say like, hey, this isn't working for me. Like, can we discuss, you know, some other avenues? Like, it is your responsibility. Um, your your peace is your responsibility. You know, um, everything that you're getting out of your career, like you have to create that space for yourself and that all, you know, advocacy leads to that, right? Like you gotta, you gotta speak up and you gotta practice, yeah. you know, cause if you don't do it, it's never going to be comfortable, yeah. right? It's, it's always going to, you're always going to question yourself a little bit, but then it goes back to that community, right? Do you have people you can bounce ideas off, role play, say like, Hey, can you check my yeah. temperature? Like, People know, like, I will, like, text someone and be like, hey, like, like, can you check my temperature on this? Because sometimes, you know, we get in our heads or in our emotions and you just need, you know, someone that you trust to kind of check yeah. you. That's it. I mean, that's the best way to end this. Totally. You know, I think it's just ownership and really putting yourself in there and understanding and just allowing yourself, you know, and and and. Yeah, I mean, you just said it perfectly, you know, just really owning this, owning, and the first step just being like, yeah, I'm going to advocate for myself. I'm going to allow for that to happen. I'm going to take the first step for that, you know, overcome the fear, you know, gain a little bit of confidence, learn how to say it effectively, invest in other people's really, invest in learning other people, um, 
and then you know bringing it sort of like all together and really saying you know it's within my capacity to basically be able to do that i mean all of that kind of stuff is just stepping stones on this path and it never ends you know in a weird way it never ends. yeah it never the end has no end you know it's just it's just that's right it's just that's right it, you're you're a work in progress you're you are a work a in process, progress all the time totally. okay I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate yes, you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great conversation. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap it up. Another This Legal Life. I am so, so excited to share this one whenever it comes out. Tahisha, thank you so very much. Bye, thank everybody. You. Take care. All right.